All right, my friends, we are back with another episode. Today, we're going to talk about five things that I would do if I wanted to lose some weight without tracking my food. Now, we know that I am a huge fan of tracking, tracking macros, tracking calories, actually collecting data because I find it's the most efficient way to achieve your goals in terms of body composition and overall health. I think it's great. And I think it has its time and its place. And I've done episodes on tracking in the past. But I also know that a lot of people have had really bad experiences with tracking. Either it was because they had a poor relationship with food, and it was made worse by tracking their food. So we're going to dive into just some basic lifestyle things that you can do that will help you lose weight without actually tracking your food. And these are really simple things and likely things that you would be doing if you were tracking your food. So I'm excited to dive into this because we use a lot of these things with our clients. I've used it for myself in the past because not everybody has the capacity to track their food in all seasons of life either. It's not for everyone and it's not something you're meant to do for the rest of your life either. So we're just going to dive right in. I've got five things that I would do if I wanted to lose weight without tracking my food. The first thing I would focus on is increasing my step count. This sounds really simple and maybe like it wouldn't have a huge impact on your health and fitness journey, but it will make a huge impact on your non-exercise activity, which makes up a large portion of the calories that you burn on a daily basis. So even adding like two to 3,000 steps per day can make a huge impact on your metabolism and how much energy your body is utilizing. So if you're getting in under like 7,000 steps per day, that's easily something you could increase. I realistically think people can get upwards of 10,000, if not a little bit more, depending on their lifestyle, their job, like they actually have the capacity to do. The minimum for me and for most of our clients is going to be 7,000. 7,000, you're really reaping the most health benefits. And beyond that is just going to be extra activity. So if you're already getting in like six to 7,000 steps, Try adding two to 3,000 steps per day. I mean, over the course of a week, that's upwards of 7,000, 14,000 steps per day. So it can add a lot to your overall activity on a weekly basis. And it doesn't have to be every day either. If you have like three days a week that you could go for an extra walk, you're more active, maybe you're not stuck at a desk so much, even that will make a big impact on your total daily energy expenditure. The second thing that I would do is get enough protein. Now, this is a little bit challenging to track if you are not tracking macros. But if you are pulling from lean protein sources, so things like tuna and chicken breast and certain cuts of fish, certain cuts of beef, venison, elk, tofu, things like that that you know are leaner, lower calorie protein sources, then you can easily do that without tracking your food. We want to get about 30 to 40 grams at each meal, depending on your goals. I would just figure out what your protein goal is for the day. We want to get between 0.7 and one gram per pound of body weight or goal body weight. If your goal weight is like 150, let's just aim for between 130 and 150 grams of protein per day. Now I would divide that by how many meals that you eat every day and figure out about how much protein that is. 
And then you can start to kind of guesstimate and portion out protein for those meals. So about a quarter of a plate or like a palm size of protein is about 20 to 30 grams of protein. So that will give you a decent idea like when it comes to a piece of chicken breast or tuna, something that you can measure in that way. That's a really easy way to kind of tell. You can also just get an eyeball measure of it, you know, utilize a measuring cup. You could track it just to see how much it is one time and then, you know, aim to get that same amount every time. But protein actually raises your metabolic rate the most of any macro because it takes more energy to break down, to digest and to absorb. So I guess the most metabolically efficient macronutrient It requires more calories to break it down than any other macro. It also supports building muscle. We know the more muscle we have, the more calories that we burn. And then the more calories that we burn while we're eating and maintaining more muscle, that means we're going to burn more calories in a resting state. So even without added activity, we're just naturally going to be burning more calories, which means faster body fat loss. The third thing is resistance training. And this is probably a no-brainer for many of you that have been listening to this podcast or if you follow me on social media, you know I am a huge advocate for resistance training, doing some kind of lifting. I really think it should be a non-negotiable for most people because as we age, the impact and the effect on our longevity and how we age is huge and more people should be resistance training. But resistance training actually builds muscle. And we know more muscle means more calories burned at a resting state. It's also been shown that resistance training can raise your metabolism for up to like 36 hours after training. So that means that 24 to 36 hours after a resistance training session, you're actually burning more calories. So that's pretty cool. Lift more weights, you're going to burn more calories. I still think people should not completely get rid of cardio. I think cardio has been overly demonized these last few years. I think we're coming around and people are realizing it's still important for your health and getting your steps in can be a form of cardio. But I think getting in some kind of high intensity cardio once a week, really getting out of breath is beneficial for everyone. But definitely prioritize the resistance training, especially if you're limited on time. It's really going to be the biggest bang for your buck across all types of exercise. But I also really encourage people to find a form of movement that they enjoy. I don't care what it is. Resistance training, Orange Theory, CrossFit, Beachbody, like those things aren't my favorite. But if they get you moving and they get you more active, that's going to get you healthier. And I am all for it. So while those things might not be optimal or, you know, maybe ideal for the body composition changes that you want, getting in some activity is better than none. A hundred percent. The next thing that I would do, it's going to be really simple. But remember, this is ways to actually lose weight without tracking your food. So just some little tweaks that you can make on a day-to-day and a week-to-week basis so that you can start to see a downward trend in weight or in body fat without tracking your food. Now, we also know I'm a huge fan of tracking your food. So if that's something you are willing to try, I highly recommend it. And if you're in my Facebook group, reach out to me because I have a 65-page book on ebook on macro tracking. If you have no idea where to get started, I am 100% willing to help you out and give you some resources to get you headed in the right direction. But even before you get started with macro tracking, these are shifts and changes that you can make to your lifestyle and to your habits before even starting down that rabbit hole. So the next thing, number four, is going to be veggies. 
eat more vegetables. So aim for one to two cups of vegetables at every meal. So for one, this is going to keep you fuller longer. You're going to get in more fiber, which is important for digestion and blood sugar regulation. All those things will influence fat loss. So they're filling, they're low in calories. Make sure you're looking out for things like cooking oils. Those can add up really quickly, especially if you're eating like veggies at a restaurant. If they aren't steamed, more than likely they're going to have a decent amount of cooking oils on them. And be conscious of that when you are cooking them at home as well. So I love my air fryer and I like to bake things and I like to use some spray avocado oil because it is a little bit easier to get more out of less oil. But these are what we would call like a high volume food. You can eat a lot of them for not a lot of calories. And there are some fruits like this as well. So raspberries and blueberries and watermelon. You can eat a decent amount of that stuff for not a lot of calories. So definitely make sure that you are getting in enough veggies, getting in enough filling fruits. It's also going to help you minimize like overeating and overconsuming calories. And if you want to go like the extra mile, you could eat your veggies before eating your starches or your carbs and your fats on your plate. Eat it with your protein. It's going to slow down digestion. It's going to slow down or decrease that blood sugar response a little bit to the meal. Overall, is it that big of a deal? No, but you will probably find that you eat a little bit less when you do that. You eat slow and you're mindful and intentional with your meals. So make sure you're getting in your veggies even at breakfast. I don't know about you, but for me, breakfast is like the hardest one for me to get in enough veggies. I put spinach in everything. I put spinach in spaghetti sauce. I put spinach in my eggs, my smoothies. It's in everything because it doesn't have much of a flavor to me. I do have clients that absolutely hate spinach, so that does not have to be the solution for you. But find some veggies that you like and you have ways that you can cook them so that you like them and you will actually eat them. Because I think that keeps a lot of people from eating better foods is they don't know how to cook them well and they don't know how to cook them in a way that they actually like. And that's important. And don't get hung up on like eating certain vegetables. If you're a picky eater like me, like I don't like certain veggies, pick some veggies you like and just try and get in more of those. We're not going for perfection. We're not going for like what is most optimal here. We're just looking for better. And eating more vegetables is better than eating no vegetables or very little. So find the ones that you like, eat more of those. And then as you create that habit and that's something that you're doing more regularly, then maybe venture out, try some different vegetables, try cooking them in different ways. But for now, get in one to two cups of veggies at every single meal. And you can even snack on them throughout the day because they are very low in calories. So get some snap peas, get some carrots. You can buy them pre-cut if that's like within your budget just for convenience sake. Don't be afraid of doing that. Make it easier on yourself. Don't be afraid of canned or frozen fruits and veggies. Just make sure there is an added sugar or a ton of added salt or oil to those things. The last thing is sleep. This is something I talk about a lot with clients and on these trainings and on these podcasts because sleep is like the most underrated piece for fat loss. It is so important. It will impact whether you are losing weight from fat or muscle. Inevitably, when you are going through a fat loss phase, you will lose some muscle. That's going to happen. But 
if you are getting adequate sleep, you can impact how much or how little muscle mass you're losing. They did a study on this. They found that those that were getting like eight plus hours of sleep lost significantly more weight from fat and less weight from muscle. So be sure you're getting enough sleep. It is crucial for muscle growth, for repair, for recovery, for energy levels. It also helps control cravings because when you don't get adequate sleep, your hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin, are impacted. So ghrelin is the hormone that tells your body you're hungry. And I always remember that because I think grr, like ghrelin, grr, like my stomach is like rumbling or growling. So ghrelin is what tells your body or your brain that you're hungry. And that hormone is elevated when you're not getting adequate sleep. And leptin is lowered. And that is the hormone that tells your body that you are full. So those things are heavily influenced by your sleep. So you might find, I find this for me personally to be true, and for many clients, when I don't get adequate sleep, I want to snack on everything. Everything sweet and salty. I want it. I don't really want like full meals. I'm not really craving like protein and like veggies and things that like make me feel good. I'm always craving stuff that is like hyper palatable, maybe not the best choice for me all the time. So get more sleep. It's free. It's one of the most accessible things that you can do. And I also get it. We work with moms and busy women. So I also understand that getting seven plus hours of sleep is not always feasible. So don't be afraid of taking naps. I would aim for no more than 90 minutes for a nap. And I would try not to take it too late in the day or it won't impact your next night of sleep. But if you can sneak in a nap, sneak in a nap. It will make a big difference for you if you're not getting seven plus hours of sleep. I personally don't like to see clients in the gym if they're getting under six, six and a half. Seven really is the minimum of what I really want to see for optimal. But I also understand, you know, new parents, busy seasons. You're going to have seasons where maybe that's not as feasible. But evaluate your nighttime and your morning routine and see how it can be adjusted. Are you watching TV until late at night? Or are you just finding yourself busy catching up with things that maybe didn't get done during the day? How can you adjust your schedule to impact your sleep schedule and improve your sleep schedule so you can get in a little bit more sleep? And you'll probably start to notice on those days that you get more sleep, your sleep quality is better. Your cravings are not totally out of whack or all over the place. Sleep is probably one of my number one tips for cravings. Making sure you're getting enough sleep and overall eating enough, including some of the foods that you love. Those are my main tips for overeating and cravings. So make sure that you're getting enough sleep. If sleep quality is a challenge for you, potentially supplementing some magnesium, making sure you're getting enough vitamin D. Both of those things can impact your sleep quality and then getting in enough carbs too because carbs blunt cortisol, your stress hormone, and they can aid in helping your sleep quality as well as quantity. So make sure that you're getting enough of those things either through your nutrition or through supplementation. We made an entire supplement guide. You can find it in our free Facebook community, which is always in the show notes. So those are my five tips for losing weight without tracking. And I'm going to come back to it. I am still a huge fan of tracking. And I really believe that your mindset around tracking is going to determine your success with it. And if you really struggle with your relationship with tracking food, getting a coach can be insanely beneficial. When this episode comes out, it's going to be July 4th. And we have four openings 
for the first week of July only on our coaching roster. If that is something that you are potentially interested in, our application is in the show notes. You can check it out or you can shoot me a message on any social media platform and I can get you more information. But we're giving away a bunch of bonuses. So again, we only have four spots, but those four people that sign up with us in July as a 4th of July bonus, we're giving away some dumbbells, some bands, a Fitbit, and $100 in Legion products. So lots of incentive to sign up now. And if you want more information, there will be some in the show notes. And I am always available via social media to answer any questions that you have around the podcast or anything health, nutrition, or mindset related. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it on social media. Tag me at Ambitious Coaching. And if you enjoyed it, leave a rating and a review. Give me some feedback. I love hearing from you guys. And I will chat at you next week.